This is the Saxo Market Call, the daily financial markets podcast across asset classes and around the world. Hello and welcome to the Saxo Market Call. It is Friday, 17th of February, 2023. And a real change of temperature for markets yesterday. We saw some nervousness creeping in early with the hot PPI data. Another strong jobless claims number. We had a couple of Fed speakers out talking uh, 50 basis point rises, or at least they, they wanted to do 50 basis points at the February 1st decision. But that was Mester and Bowler. They're not voters. And the market seemed to be sort of crawling back into a, a positive from a, a pretty sharp dip. Uh, and to my mind, some of the volatility was a little bit dodgy. We can talk about the uh, options expiry and all of that. But uh, then later, this uh, Tesla recall, and I say recall with, with uh, air quotes around it because it's an over-the-air software update that's necessary. But this uh, hitting Tesla stock very hard late in the session and a huge uh, volatile day there. Again, I imagine some of this is around uh, the weeklies. Uh, so Teslas don't have daily trading expiries, but the weekly trading, uh, the weekly options trading and expiring uh, today. So we saw a high of 217 and the stock closed at 202 yesterday. Um, and that was uh, after it nearly hit its 200-day moving average on this incredible run higher, more than 100% rally in Tesla shares. So uh, Peter just looked like a dodgy session. And I think the in the end, it's all about... Um, is U.S. Treasury yields continue to pressure higher. We have the entire U.S. yield curve continuing to lift. The 10-year, as I talk about in a moment, uh, close to the uh, pivot high of uh, around 3.9%, which is the highest since that brief period above 4% back in uh, October, November of last year. So yeah, uh, some some animal spirits, uh, some energy injected into this market. Uh, what's your take here? Yeah, high, high yields. You see that among the high duration uh, uh, growth pockets. So, uh, you know, higher yields. We got a worse than expected uh, US PPI, uh, potentially lifting a little bit of fears uh, of uh, profit margin squeeze that that will continue. Very tight labor market. We saw that with the uh, continuing and uh, jobless claims. I think that really underpins the comments lately from uh, yeah yesterday from Mesta, but also Powell's recent comments and. It just tells you that uh, you know the supply side of our economy is still extremely tight uh, and demand robust. So you need probably higher policy rates to uh, to tame inflation. And then I think on this whole Tesla issue, that was definitely the thing that set off the uh, the risk off, and we ended down two percent in the Nasdaq 100. But I think uh, the Tesla recall and this uh, self-driving software, the the latest uh, Bing uh, failure with uh, ChatGPT, uh, the stumble there, but also Google's uh, Bart that failed. I think it's 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 not the it's not something we it's not independent events. I, I really think there is a connection here with these very very large deep uh, neural networks that run these uh, type of software. You cannot you cannot uh, model the real world with all this uh, this big data. There's there are simply too many corner cases, and I think it it really the, those three cases underscore that. Um, all this hype about uh, about this new renaissance in AI, it, it's um, I think it's totally overdone. Um, to be honest, it's not that there's not something there, but it's overdone. As that that right now we now we now on a trajectory, and everything will just be uh, you know rosy days for AI. There will be a lot of stumble blocks uh, ahead of us um, for sure. Yeah, and just uh, briefly on technical front, we did break down below the 21-day moving average for the first time since back at the very start of the year. 
looking at the the big moving averages coming in lower still, and it looks really looks like that four thousand area remains important. The two hundred day moving average below there in the S and P five hundred. You can see all this on the chart on slide two. Listen, I know you're a busy man, Peter. You've got to rush off to an appointment, so I'm going to let you just run through. Uh, our luxury basket, which we had a lot of fun trying to put together uh, yesterday, uh, the equity theme basket, and uh, the stocks to watch and, and so on. So uh, just uh, I'll cut you loose, and then I'll round it up uh, when you're finished. All right. Yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, doing this. Uh, I've never seen you so excited about equities before, John. So maybe ah, you have right. a fling for, yeah, for now, luxury now, now. stocks. <laughs> anyway, um, we um, so the reason why we're looking into luxury is that luxury has been doing extremely well, uh, as you can see here on slide three with the Amundi uh, Global Luxury ETF. And I think there's a lot of institutional investors, they want to bet on the Chinese reopening. You're not seeing it in the um, in the Bloomberg's Commodity Index. It was down 4% as of yesterday So in, on, uh, on the spot index. So the commodity market is not really reacting to the Chinese reopening. We've seen a little bit of uh, you know crazy trading back and forth in, in AI-related stocks in, in China, but it really seems like the luxury segment is where investors are, are putting these uh, indirect proxies for, for Chinese reopening. And then um, we we looked at some of the, a lot of these um, different luxury chefs. And I think it's very disappointing how much, uh, sorry, pardon my French, garbage that I've put into these ETFs, not really reflecting the, the pure the pure luxury uh, industry. So I think, as you said, we had good fun. We came up with, I think, 23, 24 names, which you can see here on slide three. Uh, I'll write a, an equity note on this, and and we'll also uh, formulate it into a, you know, a, a, a Saxo core equity theme basket. So it will be part of our uh, performance overview going forward. So hopefully we'll get that up and running by next week. And uh, you can see the long list here. I think it's a very quite an interesting industry, and the, typical for a lot of these luxury companies, they run very high margins, high return on investor capital, and has been. I think one of the most exciting uh, equity stories in in Europe the past ten years, if you sort of exclude the uh, the pharmaceutical industry. So, but more on that later today. So, what, tune into analysis.saxo and try to find my equity note there. Um, I'll also uh, post it out on the, on my trader profile. We already talked about uh, Tesla, so in the stocks to watch today on slide six. No, no need to mention more about that. But Hamid, which is part of the luxury basket or the luxury list, uh, beat against. The estimate quite considerably in Q4. You can see here 3 billion euros versus 2.8, up 23% in constant currency terms versus 17% expected. Demand still very strong. Look at that price chart. That's really that, that is what how that that is the um, that is really the the picture of a rocket, right? This is this is a company that is taking off, and uh, they also say in their in their press release they raise global prices across all their goods by 7% compared to a year ago. So in my book, John. That's a company that is able to pass on all the input costs to their customers. And that's also, again, one of the benefits of luxury companies, their customer base being the maybe the 1% of the 0.1% of the world. They have very little uh, issues in, in economic hardships because of their wealth and income. And then um, uh, a German car maker, Mercedes, very well famous, uh, also reporting this morning. Beating on revenue, as you can see, but also operating income very strong into the uh, to the year, very strong general year. And as as if you look into a lot of the car makers and also uh, Renault the other day, margins are improving. The demand is looking quite robust. It's a it's a different car industry than it was just three years ago. And it's not it's not all about Tesla, but just generally uh, also because of all the supply chains. It's 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 a changing industry. A lot of the a lot of the car makers as well are really ramping up this year their EV effort to chase Tesla and Mercedes is one of them. They're also planning a four billion 
uh, buyback program. So, um, so look out for Mercedes. And then I, I run the code uh, this morning to get the, all the earnings releases for, uh, for next week, which you can see on slide seven. And you can see we'll start the Monday with BHP Group, the big uh, iron ore miner out of Australia. And then on Tuesday, HSBC, Walmart, the Hope Depot, very, very interesting uh, setup there on in the US equity market from the consumer angle. And then on Wednesday, Rio Tinto, also a big uh, iron ore miner out of Australia. Genmap and the, the biggest biotech company here in Europe. NVIDIA, probably the most prolific semiconductor company out there. Baidu as well on Wednesday. And then we uh, on Thursday, I, I really zoom in. I will zoom in on BAE Systems because it's uh, one of the most interesting military technology companies we have here in Europe. I'm really curious to see what uh, what they say in terms of the outlook for their, for their products given the, uh, the war in Ukraine that is really intensifying uh, in these uh, these days with a new offensive um, from from Russia. And then we close off the week with BSSF. And we should highlight, John, today we have Deer, which is also the little insert I've set in here on uh, on slide seven. I've talked about this company before. I think this is probably one of the most interesting agricultural companies that are, that are out there, known for their uh, farming equipment machines. But increasingly, this is becoming a data-driven, uh, data-hungry uh, gathering machine that is selling a lot of software services to, to farmers to increase their crop yields, et cetera, by harvesting and analyzing all this data. So I think this is this is a super interesting company and they expected to grow the top line by 17% in the quarter that ended in January. That is interesting. So melding uh, basic mechanical technology with uh, advanced uh, information and IT and data gathering. I like that. That's a cool, uh, cool story. Okay, I'll let you go. Uh, go enjoy your dentist Thank appointment you. uh, and uh, hope those teeth are in, in order. Uh, let's look at uh, just re rewinding briefly to uh, slide four. So we have the um, the ten year yield and the two year yield there on slide four. The the left is the ten year yield and just noting again we had that brief uh, rise in the yields to around three point nine percent. That's the pivot high uh, there versus the uh, very brief period we were above four percent back in October. Uh, and uh, for a brief period in November as well. So that'll be the focus. I think any acceleration here would certainly not be welcomed by this market. And I think already even this this move to pushing on close to 4% is is a challenge for, for equities uh, at the moment. The, arg- the counter argument would be that if there's enough cyclical strength in, in, the, um, in the economy that, uh, it, that they can weather such high yields. And then on the right, noting the two-year yield also pushing on the cycle high is a bit closer actually to the uh, all-time highs for the cycle uh, which are only a few basis points above where we are now. And noting that we did get a little bit of steepening there in the 210 uh, slope. Uh, not enough to, to write home about just yet, but uh, just something to watch. I think that would be the most interesting thing would be uh, an indication that the longer end is accelerating. It would be also a higher impact into uh, the market if we do see the longer end uh, accelerating higher in relative terms. And of course, with risk off, with yields higher, no huge surprise to see a stronger dollar. The dollar is essentially in breakout mode in many places. And here we are ahead of the at the end of the week. So it's a, quite important to see how we close the day and therefore the week uh, as we are hitting these new levels. Um, put up your dollar chart on slide five. We've, we've broken down below the 106.56. Small pivot low there. Uh, something like cable looks a little bit more impressive. So sterling versus the dollar, which broke below its... Um, uh, pivot low of 119.61, I think it was, and is actually even challenging a little bit below the 200-day moving average uh, right now. And you can see how far away that 200-day moving average still is in the euro dollar. So the relative difference there is quite interesting. Uh, the euro dollar one is, is only a little bit above 103. So we're a long ways to go there. And just emphasizing on this euro dollar chart that just even a polite uh, 38.2% re- uh, correction of this tremendous rally off of the lows from last September is, is still uh, 
10460 would still only be a 30.2% retracement. Dollar yen, no big surprise there. Also under pressure to the upside as uh, the yen does not like these higher yields. Uh, the 200 day moving average there just below 137. And gold, not liking the combination of a stronger dollar and higher yields either, has broken below that first key support. And 1809 is a big focus for that one. Okay, and then rounding out the podcast, the macro calendar for today, not terribly busy. Just want to remind people. As we talked, as I talked about a little bit about the weekly expiries into today, and of course the usual daily shenanigans with the zero days to expiry options. Market not likely prepared and could be in a setup with these expiries where if there is volatility, it begets more volatility. Um, this is just a background risk on any given day when you have a, a, a speculative market and options that is like it is. It's the tail wagging the dog of the market. Uh, so just be aware of that. It's not to say that the the chances are, are are great for something uh, you know nefarious to develop today, but they're potentially a little bit greater than they have been because of the uh, sort of momentum set in motion yesterday. So we just highlight that, especially as one of the, the key uh, equities, Tesla, the largest options single stock traded, or, or the largest uh, options market for a single stock there. Uh, was the focus of attention yesterday, where a lot of the speculative energy is in this market. Macro calendar, back to that. We have very little to talk about today, but uh, leading index could be a little bit, uh, you know, after the several negative readings, it's expected to improve to minus 0.3%. If that pops back into positive, I think that would be a very sort of challenging indicator to the timing around the uh, uh, recession narrative, etc. We have the Canadian home price index. Curious to see that uh, report as the months go by. It's one of the uh, housing markets that accelerated the most of the upside during the pandemic, uh, policy response, etc. And then next week, a few interesting bits and pieces. So the flash February PMIs out of Europe, these get a lot of attention because it's the only PMI series we have for Europe. We have the couple of key uh, German surveys, the ZEW and the IFO on Tuesday and Wednesday, respectively. And all week we have a US Treasury auction. So we have these yields bumping up to where they are and, and you know critical levels and a huge uh, amount of uh, supply coming in with uh, three big auctions totaling around 120 billion US dollars. The two five and seven year auctions on Tuesday through Thursday. So do note that. And at the end of the week, we have the uh, Japanese CPI uh, for January on Friday and the PCE inflation data point for January out of the US. So interesting week ahead and a key to watch how we close today as a setup into next week. Stay careful out there and have a great weekend. We'll be back next week with a Saxo Market Call. Thanks for listening. This has been the Saxo Market Call. For feedback and questions, reach out to us on Twitter at Saxo Market Call or by email, marketcall at saxobank.com.